0: I'm going to seize the moment right now. I just got out of my first, actually, swim in the rain. I hadn't done it in my whole time here. I have been here for five months by myself, completely isolated, especially the last month. I've had a broken foot, and I... Oh, I have music on. I need to shut that. That's so funny. It's really nice music, though. Piero Piccioni. Um, okay. So I've been here by myself this entire time, all of quarantine. I've been ruminating a lot. I was talking on my Instagram about how, uh, you know, I'm going back to the world on Saturday and I've skipped this whole thing. You know, I've uh, everything that y'all, y'all have gone through. It's not like I haven't gone through anything. I've just gone through different things. So I am out of sync with like the whole world, even people in Koreas where I am. They're all socializing, they're with families and stuff. They're doing things every day. They're going to dinners, they're hosting parties. I'm in my house by myself, and uh, I don't talk to anyone. I don't socialize because I don't want to get sick. And also I' just like, I got shit to do. I prefer doing this and working on my film stuff and my music. Uh, so and I swim. But the last month, my foot's been broken, so I haven't been able to swim until it's been almost healed the last few days. Now it's pouring rain. And I just went for a beautiful swim, and I came back out of breath, and it just like opened up, and I was like, "Fuck it, let me just start recording. this is beautiful and it's such a it, it, oh man it's it's like this haze I'm looking out him. I'm right on the edge of the of the rain. hopefully you can hear it um and I've been just thinking about change a lot lately, how having these conversations with friends about loss and cancellation, like the year is canceled. 2020 is a lost year. Like, I, I don't think so at all. I think that this has been an incredible year and all the things that we're talking about that are different are just accelerated. We, it's not, this is not new. Nothing we've experienced is new. We've experienced, like I've experienced this kind of solitude before never for five months. It's all just been accelerated. It's all been amplified. We've all lost people. We haven't lost this many people. We've all had ups and downs financially. We haven't had this degree of it. We've all had to move, you know, and, and had been displaced, not all at once and to this extreme. So it's just a uh, 2020 has just been the way that I see it. It's just all the things that have been in the air happening all at once and 211, turned all the way up. But energy, Does not get created nor destroyed. It just moves. And that's what's happened. Energy has moved. Change. Has been accelerated. That's it. And it's just a new experience. That's it. And I'm thankful for it. You know, I'm 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 stressed out as anyone is, but I just wanna make stuff. I wanna make stuff of this moment. Going home, back to New York to shoot a film that's built for this moment. I don't want to just say I'm, I'm sitting it out. I don't want to just skip it. I haven't been doing it the last five months. I've been living a fantasy, I see it as. This is something I've I've wanted, I've wanted to do my whole life. Take a really long time in a gorgeous place by myself, waking up when I wake, you know, wake, I wake up to the sun and I go to sleep when it gets dark out. It's been amazing. And and if and if I get off that schedule, it's okay. Like and I and I adjust eventually. I get back on it. It happened. I broke my foot and I got thrown off. And I had the space to just like, okay, you know what? Let this win. Let this take over. You'll get back to you when you're ready, when you're capable. And I did, and it was fine. I didn't get stressed out. I'm so excited to skate empty New York City. To shoot down park avenue and not have any cars I'm really really excited to see it I wish the movies were open N- not I wish they were open I mean I'm happy they're not because of safety I'm conservative on all of this but I just I miss going to the movies man I miss the movies I love the movies I'm excited to get sushi I'm excited to see people I'm going to social distance but I'm excited to see people I'm excited to go see my doctors have some checkups I'm getting tested like twice a week I already set that up and I'm gonna go to Rockaway on Sunday the day after I land and go swimming again so I'm gonna keep that up okay and so I was reading this morning and uh I thought it really appropriate so this is from Mark Rothko's you know pseudo book he uh it was discovered by his son Decades after he had written it, and and long after he he passed away, it was probably written in, in 1940 and 1941, and uh, he never wrote a book. But he was very into philosophy, and he spoke about the philosophy, the, the ideas, the form, the formal aspects to his work from the abstract, from from the, from the more uh, you know. I guess I don't know what word realist you know, uh, figurative work of his. Early years to the abstract work, and then to the really abstract work, which was just what you know of, you know, what he's famous for. So if you go to the MoMA, you can see the, like, pre-full-on abstract work. I think you see the bathers in one room, and then right next door you see, like, all the sort of monolithic Mark Rothko, where it's just, like, two rectangles of different colors. And they're just the transcendent stuff, you know. Uh, you go to Houston. I think Houston is where his cathedral is, and you just sit in there and meditate and just take it all in and get blown away. But his son discovered these uh, typed pages that were basically a book. Um, and uh, I think there's a, a potentially like faux um, or ditched title to it, which was plasticity, but they called it the Artist's Reality." philosophies of art and I'm gonna read a little bit of it art as a form of action funny the rain stopped not stopped but just quieted right as I started to read art as a form of action escapism art has often been described as a form of escape from action it has been pointed out that the artist finding the practical affairs of the world too unpleasant withdraws from the world of true activity and ensconces himself in a world of imagination in order to exempt himself from this unpleasantness. The world of true activity is usually considered that one which occupies man, either communally or individually, with the satisfaction of his bodily needs. The staving off of physical starvation or discomfort is considered the proper world of realistic action. With the rise of the standard of living, the number of things which... The number of things which satisfy the physical needs of man have been greatly expanded. Originally, these needs might have been called food sufficient to satisfy hunger, shelter to protect him from meteorological inclemencies, and clothing to stave off pneumonia. Today, a man cannot live, however, without a tiled bathroom, without sanitary plumbing, without a vacuum cleaner, and without a well-appearing suit— nor can a woman without innumerable changes of costume within and without every season and without innumerable gadgets and time-saving devices. Note, this is a guy writing, this is a Russian immigrant, uh, Jewish immigrant, writing this in 1940 when he was, you know, note the context, 1940. This is a Russian Jew. Um, He was, he had spent this decade of his life struggling, impoverished, in a you know like getting shit on in his marriage where his wife was like taking care of them and he was just this like shit artist that everyone you know he just had nothing so he was uh he he, he had these issues with women um he had issues anyway so like that's why he's you know wh- wh- and it was also just nineteen forty so people said things like that um yeah okay <laughs> here he goes again These time-saving devices are to contribute to leisure, which is to be occupied with the satisfaction of the aesthetic impulses. Leisure requires its ornaments. It must, first of all, be attractive. Finally, the participation in the production and distribution of these innumerable gadgets has been gradually drawn into the sphere of man's realistic needs, which originally had been satisfied by the most elementary provision of food and clothing and shelter. Any person who spends his life in the production or acquisition of these said embellishments pertaining to the physical needs is pursuing a life of action. And it may be pointed out that the life of our nation as a whole is a tale of triumph and tragedy and unremitting toil in the pursuit of this reality. This presupposes, of course, that the bodily needs are the core of existence and that any other needs, if any, will be automatically satisfied. This assumption is contradicted by the fact that in those social classes where the possession of these goods is easy, one finds the greatest preponderance of ill health. No other class in the world is so beset by neurological disturbances, so-called imaginary disturbances, which science has recently found often more destructive and less subject to cure than real, quote, ailments, which are considered legitimate. The subordinate class, which is willing to lay down its life, presumably to make all those needed items more available to all of society, is a much healthier class. Why? Because these people, by the very fact of their idealism, are really fulfilling a need as great as that of the physical needs. Idealism here forms a kind of action which takes its place side by side with other self-expressive forms of action, which, without which man cannot continue in good health. Art is such an action. It is a kindred form of action to idealism. They are both expressions of the same drive, and the man who fails to fulfill this urge in one form or another is as guilty of escapism as the one who fails to occupy himself with the satisfaction of bodily needs. In fact, the man who spends his entire life turning the wheels of industry so that he has neither time nor energy to occupy himself with any other needs of his human organism is by far a greater escapist than the one who has developed his art. For the man who develops his art does make adjustments to his physical needs. He understands that man must have bread to live, while the other cannot understand that you cannot live by bread alone. Art is not only a form of action. It is a form of social action, for art is a type of communication, and when it enters the environment, it produces its effects just as any other form of action does. It might be said that its, mean, that its use as a means of social action is dependent upon the numbers which it affects. From that point of view, Maxfield Parrish is the most social of artists, and therefore the artist who most deserves the esteem of society. Needless to say... This sort of a measure will lead one to the most absurd conclusions. When the artist produces something which is intelligible only to himself, then he has already contributed to himself as an individual, and with this effect, has already contributed to the social world, just as we benefit ourselves and therefore also society when we eat. In other words, society benefits every time an individual improves his own adjustment in the world, For however we look at society, the empirical measure of society's welfare is the aggregate good of its constituents. How far a single impulse can extend in its effect is unpredictable. One minute, one minute stimulus can be more far-reaching, can affect the course of society more significantly in a single minute than a thousand other stimuli whose effect is more obvious, might over a hundred years. The satisfaction of personal needs is therefore never an escapist form of action. In its effect, it is closer to natural action than a hundred acts of philanthropy and idealism which concern themselves with the needs of others. Who is to say which of the personal needs are more pertinent to society? That last passage is so relevant to you know what we're doing right now, and I... I know I've spoken of this somewhere, this example of you know, social good and whatever, and I compared myself to a friend who was calling his you know, local congressperson three times a day and leaving voicemails, letting the congressperson know what he wanted in some vote or something like that, versus me like making a film that ran along the same lines, and I would argue with him that he's wasting his time on a vote that is already decided. And just, you know, he's just yelling into an echo chamber or yelling into a void, one or the other, but nothing else. And I'm actually trying to create something that is going to build the world that I, you know, want. Uh, And, you know, Rothko gets into that here. It's like, you know, all uh, all this performative activism and all of this shouting to who, what does it do? Versus someone who is... Perhaps, you know, he's really he's really casting two hypotheticals here, one being the person who is just like good to themselves and lives well, you know, takes care of himself, herself, and through that is a more contribute just just by feeling good and taking care of their own shit contributes to society and then another person who is you know more of more this is more for like the individualist philosophy angle of like one person can make their you know I, I don't know what the word would be truth whatever but like you know make something beautiful and it's good for the world builds a better universe and it doesn't take necessarily this whole like you know organization like so you know uh going to a protest i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not saying this to take down the protests, I actually was very uh, supportive, I, I, I love it, love that they happened, uh, but it's just speaking to the people who maybe felt uncomfortable, the people who felt they didn't have a position in it, or they wanted to make a difference, they they, they did actually agree with the, the cause, but they didn't feel the way that other people were doing it was their way, so they felt kind of, like, excluded from the action, like, you can do it your way, it's and it's not better or worse just because other people are doing it that way, like, it doesn't matter. And that could... You don't need to... It doesn't need to be critical. Like I said, like, the... I'm not a protester. I'm not an activist in that sense. That's not the way that I do things. I do it in my own way, but I don't need to criticize the way that other people do it. I don't think that their way is bad. I actually... I love their way. I know I'm just realistic i know that that's not my way but i love that they do it and support them there's just a lot of ways to skin the cat in this case um okay so i'm going to continue another part Uh, this is my favorite chapter in the book i'll probably read one more but uh but this is this is all one chapter it's just segments of the same chapter okay so that was uh art as a form of action and the first one was escapism and now i'm reading decadence There's another way in which art is accused of escapism. In this case, art would be included in the arena of proper activity if it is performed a specialized function. This is a specialization of subject matter. Those who argue in this way will say that if art treats certain, su- certain kinds of subject matter, it is a form of proper action, and if it treats other kinds of subject matter, it, consti- it constitutes a form of escapism. Actually, it is a violation of the essential nature of art as action for it to conform to the first requirement. For this argument conceives of art as excusable only if it performs a specialized function in relation to some extraneous objective, and insists that the intention to perform this function is present when the artwork is executed. If it does not meet these criteria, the artwork is often repudiated as decadent. There are two ways in which the word decadent can be used. Certain kinds of art have been labeled decadent in relation to other kinds of art, and, and particularly in relation to works of art of the same tradition. The term is often applied to arts which are at the tail end of a tradition when the possibilities of a development have been exhausted. For example, the Hellenistic art of the Greeks after the 4th century BCE when artistic innovation had all but ceased. Thus, when the artists in a given society seem no longer able to develop the forms of the tradition and as a result fall into the exploitation Of all sorts of devices which seem to be spurious to the plastic process, their artwork falls into this first decadent category. Decadence has also been used to describe art which emphasizes sensual and sensuous attributes, such as the arts of the last days of Rome, types of Baroque art, and the sensual arts of the French monarchy and French symbolists. Therefore, in either usage, it may be applied simply as a descriptive term which might help us place the work of art by the side of similar accomplishments from different places or times however as used by the social critics with whom we are concerned here the word does not concern itself with a description of plastic processes at all but has a moral connotation instead this is attested to by the fact that many of the painters whom these people approve have employed decadent forms without the discrepancy having been noticed by their censoring advocates as a matter of fact since these people demand a more or less descriptive and dialectical art the artists they approve have been invariably gone to decadent art, as defined previously, for their plastic prototypes since it is decadent art which usually substitutes or rather imposes non-plastic objectives upon art, two of which are illustration and the creation of mystic illusions. As a moral word, decadence has no use for us because because it does not relate to paintings at all and makes no observations about their properties. This use of the word decadent simply indicates to us the moral predilections of those who use it and its habits of the society in which they lived. It shows us that these people disapprove of certain activities, viewing them as not good or ethical, and approve of others which they see as good. And their notion of decadence in painting applies merely to whether a painting praises or condemns a certain kind of human action. In this way, the communists in this country object to Thomas Hart Benton's portrayal of the Negro because he does not present him in a sympathetic light. On the other hand, they like Joe Jones's because he makes of him a more likable person. The difference between these artists is actually very small, as attested to by the fact that both have the same dealer, are liked by the same critics, and are bought by the same people. This politically driven use of the word decadence can also be seen by observing... Wait, did my thing just.? Okay, we're good. It's still recording. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah? It's recording, I think. Okay. This politically driven use of the word decadence can also be seen observing the work which the German Library of Information is now putting forth as the finest manifestation of the current totalitarian virility. It is, for the most part, work of sentimental romantic painters that plays with half-mystical light and sentimentality, which a virile society devoted to such positive material ends could far more reasonably condemn as effeminate and decadent than the arts which it banishes. Here, non-decadent art is considered that which will soothe the savage breast of the weary warrior in the same manner as women or beer. Still, another example is Russia, which has attempted to reduce art to a function for the direct good of the state. Thus, the ubiquitous smile, so prevalent in our own toothpaste advertising, seemed to be the distinguishing mark of their painting at our own World's Fair, and the function of the painting there was to say that all is right with Russia. Another interesting illustration of these ironic contradictions is their literature, which describes the epic of the new state, surely enough the desired subject, but in the mannerisms of all the schools of Europe which they label decadent—romanticism, expressionism, surrealism, and symbolism— Obviously, this view of art looks only so far as its use of, as advertising, journalism, illustration, etc. It offers no basis for discussion, for it offers morality as a point of orientation. And this morality not only changes from place to place, note that the Germans hail romanticism as vital, and the Russians dismiss it as ivory tower, but also from minute to minute. Even in the first definition of the word decadent that we described, which is really based upon plastic considerations, there's little worthwhile for our discussion. We can use the word in this more technical sense only if those who are involved in the discussion has similar pre- prejudices for certain types of art. Otherwise, the work can have no useful meaning. For instance, to an, acadim- academician? Acad- academician? <laughs> an academic <laughs> Byzantine art, might be considered a decadent use of the Hellenistic tradition, which to them is the height of achievement. To other critics, Hellenism is already a decadence of the real vitality of Greek art, which occurred in the 5th century B.C. and Byzantine art constitutes a rejuvenation of the art through the rediscovery of the original plastic principles. The same may be true in the consideration of the Renaissance, where some considered Giotto the apex of great rejuvenation of classical principles, and the Florentines a decline of a great tradition. For others, the Florentines are the rejuvenators who bring about the greater tradition of Renaissance paintings. Thus, the word decadence is of value only when we use it to categorize traditions and the place of artists in it. Some of these we may call decadent and use them as a point of comparison for other artists in whom we discover similar attributes. The confusion is even greater when the word is used in both senses at the same time, when people confuse its moral and plastic attributes and use them to mean either interchangeably. And it is the kind of confusion which is most general, for our vernacular has become filled with words whose origins and meanings are of great complexity, but whose use popularly would indicate that they are as simple and clear as a noun like chair. As a result, completely meaningless generalizations such as the following occur. Byzantine art is a decadent derivative of the Greek tradition, and at the same time, early Christian art is a reaction to pagan decadence. Or similarly, Dutch art is a revitalization of painting because it shows on the part of the artist an interest in his surroundings rather than in outworn supernatural myths. And on the other hand, the painting of still life is a decadent occupation because it shows that men can no longer say anything about human beings. Now, where are we? In view of all this confusion, we must realize, on the whole, this word has no meaning which is definite in relation to art. And certainly cannot be used as a basis for the consideration of preferences for certain kinds of art over other kinds of art in the field of education. So what we've experienced over this time period has been this, you know, all of a sudden things are canceled because like they don't, you know, they don't fall into the moral universe. Like this book would be canceled because of the way he uses him and the way he speaks about women. This this book would be cancelled. Cause it's out of date. You know, and, and all the all the knowledge in it is dangerous and not okay because of the way he treats women. And it's you know, it's it's ridiculous. It's like gone with the wind because it had some racist stuff in it. it, is no longer a movie that people can watch. Not only like like, like they can't decide for themselves. It's bad. And people can't decide for themselves. It's it's just it's a ridiculous world, you know. It's a ridiculous proposition that 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 I don't know. It's it's the good left. Um, I'm gonna have a friend on. We're gonna talk about Judaism probably next week, and how you know the the left, my friends, my Democrats, my liberals, whatever. Like oh God, like. I just make these decisions that like this is the way it is. I have all these conversations because I'm super outspoken on my Instagram and and here. You know, and people hit me up and I find myself just constantly. There's no good, bad. There's no right, wrong. It's not like that. It's not the way the world works. People are different and we run into conflict. Just treat everything as a conflict. You know, there's context. So, so what Rothko's talking about here, you know, decadence is just, it's just, it's a way of communicating with context. There's a place and a time. Put the art into a place and a time, and sure, you can weigh its decadence according to the, the opinions of the place and the time. But that's it. That's its only value. When he's talking about plastic, you know, he's talking about artificiality, and he's talking about form. And we can't grade form in the way that people speak of decadence. So like Gone with the Wind, we can't call like the guy who, you know, the cinematographer for Gone with the Wind. We can't call him better or worse because there was a character who was a slave. You know, who was a slave past the time when they were supposed to be slaves. Like, we, like it has nothing. It's, it's ridiculous. So you can speak of its decadence. Decadence means, like, the end of the world, you know, in, in 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 a literal definition. It means, like, you know, it's really funny. Like, like, like decadent chocolate cake. I remember, uh, like, what that means is, like, this chocolate cake is going to make you die. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's so rich. It's going to make you die. And so decadence in art is, like, this art spells the end of the world. And... You know, he's mapping like there's two ways. So it's like it can be decadent because so like EDM is decadent. Like like if you've ever heard, if I've talked about it, like listening to Hardwell today makes me want to die. You know, that that sounds like the apocalypse. That's decadent art because Hardwell, his moment was like 10 years ago and he's still doing the same thing and people are still promoting the same shit. And that is like that world is dead so that it is still living is purgatory is is you know is 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 hell on earth is the apocalypse it's very literal so when we're saying these things that we sound hysterical we sound joking you know we sound uh like we're just puffing it up like there's actually a logic to it it's that this thing is no longer active their story has finished but we're still telling it or something we're just changing the words around it's as if you release the book like like a short story book but like you just change some of the words around and just tell the same story over and over and over again which honestly is like you know trap music and stuff (laughs) sorry tropical house whatever like all the shitty you know i hate trap music i i just say oh i i love like original but i don't like like anything that has a trap role today that's why, like, I have a very difficult relationship with, hip, with, with, with hip-hop music and culture because I, like, can't listen to, like, Lil Baby and shit like that. I just can't do it. Maybe I'm getting old. But I see it as decadent. I see it as, you know, it's not building the like, – like, whatever – I love the culture, but whatever built the culture, that that happened – and now they're just retreads. I don't understand. Maybe someone can talk to me and explain to me, like, why pop smoke is, you know, is 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 brilliant. I don't get it. I don't understand. And I haven't been able to understand. I should talk to Jeff Weiss. He could probably do this for me. But, yeah, it's decadent to me. And, you know, you could use decadent as, like, a, I love this chocolate cake. And then you could use decadent in the way that Rothko speaks of it in, like, this is dead this is gonna this is the end of our lives if we if we if we have more of this we're gonna die and then the other form is the moral form of like you know this will corrupt society so it's like if if we keep having you know if we let people watch Gone with the Wind oh my god everybody's gonna fucking die okay i think i'm good i don't need to read more you should read the book though someone's picking me up in a few minutes so i realized i don't really have time to get into another one because i'm still wet from swimming um i'm gonna do a couple more recordings before i leave this is one of my last though maybe one more maybe just one more i think this will be my last this is solo and then i'm gonna do one more with a friend all right guys this is like this is, you know, wrapping up season one of T with SG. Can you believe it? I did, like, so much. Holy fuck. This is, like, 65 episodes, I think. Who did 65 fucking episodes? All right. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. I'm going to release new music, by the way, uh, when I come home. New music. I'm going to put all the videos up for the show and uh oh my god i'm so sandy uh and new clothes small difference i'm shooting some films when i get back premiering my new film at like when if festivals happen uh we'll be there um digitally probably but we'll see and yeah lots of stuff going on i'm gonna get a new house i'm gonna get rid of my fucking townhouse i hate that place i'm done with it i'm gonna get a new place all right peace